Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all. I wish I knew all of you. But I don't. And that's a, that's a sign of a healthy church. You've got new people all the time, and I'm looking forward to getting to know everyone as time goes by, but I know there will always be new ones coming. And we, we thank the Lord for the growth of this congregation. It's not my doing. It, it's really the Lord using a little woman named Ann Holler. And uh, I'm thankful for that. But if you haven't been here for some of these, these last few messages, I've been teaching a series on the laws of the New Covenant. There are laws of the New Covenant. Not the law of Moses, not the law that God wrote to Israel, but there are certain laws in the New Covenant, and they're called laws in the New Covenant. The first one we covered was the law of faith. Remember the law of faith? We talked about the law of faith a lot. That's one of my favorite subjects. That is my favorite subject in the Bible, faith, because it's the biggest law there is. It's, it's talked about far more often than any other thing. I think, I think the number of, in the New Testament alone, the word faith or believing or belief it's mentioned 484 times in the New Covenant alone. While love is mentioned 222 times. But faith is there more than twice as often as love is. And love is a huge subject. But there is no love in your heart until faith is in your heart. Until you first started believing God, that's when you were able to access the love of God. Not that He didn't love you, but that... If, it's, if you not, haven't received it, you don't know your love. You, I told you the story about how I thought Miss Ann hated me. I thought she hated me. The only reason I thought that was because she told me she did. <laughs> That's the only reason I thought it. And I found out she, she liked me. What a surprise. All this time, I, I, w- I was hated in me but loved from her, and it, I didn't treat her like she loved me. I treated her like she hated me. That's why I was always picking at her. You understand? So just because God loves you doesn't mean you're loved. You're only loved when you know He loves you, and that knowledge only comes through faith in the heart. Amen. I wish preachers would get a hold of this and let God's people be loved, yeah, rather than brutalized by a message that should be a message of love and grace. Yeah comes across as a hammer. Even when they, I told you this, remember even when they talk about how Jesus died for our sins, that is God promising that sins have been dealt with. And when Christ died, it was a once and for all, forever done deal. A finished work. But that's not how preachers preach it. Most of the time they preach it like, Christ died for your sins, you filthy thing. Look what you made poor Jesus have to do. You've heard it that way and you know you have. It's a shame that they take the gospel and make it a legalistic nonsense out of it. Try to turn it into a whole new kind of evil law that makes men weigh, uh, bow under the weight of yet another, another law. Well, these laws of Christ and the New Testament, these laws of the New Testament are altogether different from those laws. These laws are laws that work in our favor. Amen. They're all for us. The law of faith, meaning if you believe God, it doesn't matter what you've done. If you believe Him, he will change who you are, and that will change what you do. 
God's not trying to get at what you do. He's trying to get at who you are. And that all by itself will change what you do. Glory to God. If you can just remember who you are, then everything else will fall into line. The law of faith does it. The law of the Spirit was the next one. The law of the Spirit. The Spirit has laws. Amen. The law of the Spirit is this. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law that says sin equals death is the law of Moses. It's actually the law, it's been all the laws before the laws of the new covenant. Because God said, if you eat that tree, here's a law, if you eat that tree, you'll die. Sin equals death. But the law of the Spirit delivered me from that law. That formula doesn't work against holler anymore. Praise God. Because all of my sin was reckoned to be on Jesus even before I was born. Ooh, that's good preaching right there. And the law of righteousness. We talked about what righteousness is and how the, how the laws of righteousness work for us. And today we are at the law of the... Hold on to your seats. You thought this was Old Testament. The law of the tithe. I know you read the internet and somebody said it wasn't, 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 wasn't in the New Covenant. Let me tell you something. If you get your theology from the internet, you might as well get your food out of the toilet. Because I know the Bible, and I'm going to show you where, where the New Covenant talks about this law of the, law of the tithe several times. All right? Are you ready? Amen. The law of the tithe. The New Testament law of the tithe. Don't, don't anybody leave the building. Just sit here and listen to me. Because <laughs> I'm going to help you. I might just help you get rich. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. You don't need a lottery ticket. Somebody asked me at school the other day, Dr. Holland, are you going to buy a lottery ticket? I said, no. They said, why not? We're all buying them. I said, okay. <laughs> Bye. We, 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 we're, we're, we're hoping we win, and, and if we win, we're going to give the money to the school. I said, well, you're not going to win. <laughs> they said, well, what makes you so sure? I said, because you're hoping. Yeah. <laughs> if I bought a ticket, I would win. That's why I'm not buying one. <laughs> I'm not buying one. I don't want to have to explain. And besides, I wouldn't be able to keep the money anyway. People would be lining up my door and I'd just be giving it away. That's what I do with all the cash Ann gives me. She gives me money and I give it away. Well, what, what else are you going to do with your money? Buy toys? That's what my husband does, praise God. The New Testament law of the tithe. Take your Bible and turn to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. I want to talk to you why the law of the tithe is new covenant and why you've got to get over it being in the law. The only reason the law of the tithe was in the law was because it was a powerful law that they could not live without in the, in the, in the law of Moses. The law of Moses had to incorporate this law of the tithe for the people of God, for the people of Israel, to be able to live their lives. But when it came through Moses, it came as a command, you must tithe. And why? You remember the first law? You remember what the first law was? Not thou shalt have no other gods before me. I'm not talking about that one. The very first law was thou shalt not eat that tree. 
It's in the Garden of Gethsemane. They just had one law. Don't eat the tree because the day you eat that tree, you will die. You eat the fruit of that tree, you will die. How many of you know they ate the tree? Because they stopped believing what God said and started, remember I've told you, told you what happened with Eve. She saw it differently. One minute she was calling it poison. If we eat that, we die. She thought it was poison. And after she listened to the devil and unbelief came into her heart, she, start, she it said she looked at the tree and saw that it was good for food. How did your vision change from one moment to the next, thinking that the thing was poison, then seeing that it was good for food? Something between there happened. She fell into unbelief. And unbelief all by itself is a sinful condition. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Unbelief all by itself is a sinful condition. That's what caused it. That's the real first sin. The unbelief that was in Eve's heart. Now, she was deceived, the Bible says, but Adam transgressed. Now, the difference between a sin and a transgression is a sin can be anything. It can even be done accidentally. But a transgression is, you climbed the fence, buddy. I mean, you, you got on somebody else's property on purpose. A transgression is a trespass. And Adam trespassed. He climbed the fence. God's tree had a fence around it. A thou shalt not fence. He said, looks good to me too, baby. <laughs> I think it was harder on Adam. Look at that gorgeous naked woman that's standing there with that juice dripping off her elbow. I mean, you want to buy it, baby? I mean, I don't know how he said no. He ain't going to say no. He can't say no. When I read the Bible, I see it like it really is, you know. I just, I just comes alive to me. <laughs> it's the very first sin mentioned. You took my tree. You ate of that tree. Hmm. You go to Malachi chapter 3. And the very last sin mentioned in the Bible is will a man rob God? The very last sin that God talks about in the Bible is will a man rob God? Well, the very first sin was that they stole something that didn't belong to them. Who did, who did, who did they steal? If that tree didn't belong to Adam, who did it belong to? It belonged to God. It was the Lord's. It was holy to the Lord. It was the the fruit of the gods, apparently, because the devil said, if you eat of this, you'll be like God. I think this is amazing to me, that the very first sin mentioned is a, is a sin of theft. And the, only, the theft was against God. And the very last sin mentioned in the Old Testament is theft, theft from God. It's like that thing is still stuck in his crawl. <laughs> 4,000 years of human history, and that's still stuck in his crawl. And the way they got over it was, what did they say he was rob what did God say they were robbing him in, in, in Malachi? In the tithes and the offerings. You robbed me in the tithes. So the tithe, I believe, was instituted in the law 
to make Israel pay for the tree in the garden, to help them get over the tree. You see what I'm getting at? And the, and the tithe was representative of the tree. So was circumcision. Circumcision was the same thing. To make their seed holy, they had to be circumcised, take a part of it away. Are you hearing me? Because no man, trust me, no man comes up with that idea. <laughs> Abraham just wasn't sitting, just sitting around one day, hey, I got an idea. I'm going to start my own religion and we're going to take our knives. You know, there's not one man in the, on the farm going to stay with him that day. But they're all updating their resume that day. Right? Ain't nobody going for that. That's, that's lunacy. Take a little piece of my ear off, take a little piece of my finger, but don't take a knife to me like that. That's why we make babies do it. So, so they can't get away from us. It's not something that a man would just dream up. Now, a woman might come up with that, but ain't no man going to come up with that idea. You read the Old Testament, it's full of curse. Read the Old Testament, it's full of curse. In fact... I'm a big believer, and I'm going to show you some of this in, in later on in the message today. I'm a big believer in first-mentioned things and last-mentioned things. First-mentioned and last-mentioned things are really important in the Bible. Last-mentioned things are, is a study of eschatology. First-mentioned things is a, is, a, is a study of every subject known to man. You get the theological point of view. That is, you get God's point of view on the subject in the first mention of it. And we found the first mention of tithe... Uh, in the book of Genesis. It says, Abraham tithe. Now, we're not, we're not going to turn there just yet, but we're about to. But I, I just want you to notice something here. The very first word of the book of the, of the Old Testament is in Genesis 1-1, right? And is the word in. And the very last word of the Old Testament, Malachi 4-6, is the word curse. In curse. Well, that pretty well sums up the whole book now, doesn't it? Get to the New Testament. The very first word is the. And the very last word is amen. And the book of Revelation tells us who the amen is. The amen is Jesus. The so be it God. The done done God. Yeah. Glory to God. There's your Bible study right there. Now you know what the whole Bible's about. In curse, the amen. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 7 verse 5. And verily they that are of the sons of Levi who receive the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes, to take tithes, of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of, their, of, loins of Abraham. Everybody say, take tithes. The Levites take tithes according to the law. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes. Everybody say, received tithes. Oh, it's different now, isn't it? 
received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Who is this, this somebody that, that took tithes? If you read the early part of that chapter, you found it's a guy named Melchizedek. He's mentioned two times. His name is twice in the Old Testament. The one time when he first appears to Abraham, this, this account that it's giving here, and once in Psalm 110, where David prophesies that the new Melchizedek is coming. Two times is all Melchizedek's in the Bible. But all the book of Hebrews is wrapped around this character, Melchizedek, pointing out his Levitical priesthood like the, as though Jesus' priesthood is now, his non-Levitical priesthood, that is, paralleling Jesus' ministry to us right now. Verse 6, But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that it had the promises. Blessed him that had the promises and without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Meaning that Melchizedek was superior to Abraham. And here, men that die receive tithes here on earth and here in the Levitical case. But there, where, where Jesus is, he, Jesus, receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Jesus receives tithes from some people. <laughs> they told you it wasn't in the New Testament. They lied to you. They barefaced lied to you because they're imbeciles with big degrees. The Bible says clearly Jesus receives tithes. He, how does he receive tithes? Somebody must be giving them. He doesn't take them. It's not mandated. It's not mandated. It is not mandated. There is no law that you must tithe in the new covenant. But it is a vehicle for you to be prosperous beyond your wildest dreams. Here men that die receive tithes, and there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. I want you to notice, first thing, Jesus receives tithes today, not so he can bless you, but because he has blessed you. I want you to notice something. We talked about that tree. Galatians chapter 3 says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. That's taken from the law of Moses. Why was it that if you nailed a guy to a tree, he carried a curse with him? Why is it that Christ had to be nailed to a tree to take our curse away? Because it was a tree that brought us the curse. Glory to God. Nail a man, an innocent man, with his blood on that tree. The curse goes away. Yeah. Glory to God. The curse of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, notice something in what Jesus said. When he hung on the cross, you know, they wanted to get the knowledge of good and evil, and they got it to some degree, but they didn't get very good knowledge. How many of you know men are still pretty stupid? I'm not talking about the guy you work with, although he may be one, but Jesus hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they, they know not. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know all they thought they should know from eating that tree. So he hangs on the tree and says, they don't know. 
They ate of the tree to know, but they don't know. They don't know right from wrong. They don't know good from evil. They may know it, but they don't, they're not able to do it. That's the tragedy of human existence. The tragedy of human existence is not that we can't keep God's law. We can't even keep the laws we make for ourselves. That's the tragedy of human existence. Law is deadly to us. Any kind of law. How many of you made New Year's resolutions? January 1st. Let me see your hand. A few of you. You know why so few people do it? Because you break them too quick. If you could last till July, you could have something to brag about, but you can't last till February. So most of us just give up on it. I'm not going to do it anymore. Tired of feeling like a failure. Because we can't make laws for ourselves to keep. Much less keep the law of God. He was nailed to a tree for knowledge's sake. Not to give us the knowledge of good and evil, but to give us back our true knowledge of God. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10. Can you put that up on the board? I don't have it in my notes here. Hebrews 8.10. We're going to read a few verses there. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. That does not mean you're going to automatically know the Ten Commandments. That's not what he's talking about. And write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Verse 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every, brother, every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all, all shall know me from the least to the greatest. All shall know me. It's a covenant promise, a new covenant promise that every single believer in Jesus now knows the Lord. Amen. You now know the Lord. If you're saved today, you know the Lord. You don't need Miss Andrew to walk around holding your hand all the time. You know the Lord. You may not know all you need to know, but you do know the Lord. You can hear His voice. That's what it means. You understand Him. You don't have to be told what's sin and what's not. I had a guy the other day, I heard a guy, I'm not going to tell you where he was. Oh, he wasn't on TV. He was a real live person. I heard him say, to vote for Donald Trump is sin. <laughs> really? Because Cruz is his candidate. He said, he said it'd be a sin for a Christian to vote for, for Donald Trump. I said, but if he gets a nomination, you're going to vote for him, aren't you? <laughs> so does it, is it sin one day and not sin the next? I don't know how it works for you. Men just make up sins. Let's make them up. That's one of the problems with Christians in politics. Everything becomes sin. I'm telling you something about my sin. It got nailed to a tree. Long before I was ever born. It's a finished work. And your faith engages it. Your faith engages this grace. Now let's talk about the first mention of the, of the, of the uh, word tithe in the law. Leviticus 27 verse 30. You can put that one up. Leviticus 27 30. And all the tithe, Leviticus 27 30 says, And all the tithe of the land whether the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And I think it's interesting that right off the bat, 
he connects the tithe, the first time it's mentioned, to the fruit of a tree. The fruit of a tree. He wants that tree back. He wants our knowledge to be based around him. Rather than overreacting to a preacher teaching about tithing, which is what so many people do, they just overreact. You're just trying to get my money. I'm not trying to get anybody's money. I'm not trying to get anybody's money. In fact, I think, I think if I can just get money to you, you'll take care of a holler. If you acknowledge that your giving and your tithing has brought wealth into your life, you will do the right thing and take care of the house of God. You will. I trust God in that. I don't need you to send me your W-2 form. Please don't do something like that for accountability. I won't even look at it. I'm going to throw it in the trash and send it to me because I'm not interested in that kind of thing. I'm not interested in manipulating people. Begging people for money. We don't, you, have you ever noticed that? We rarely ever bring a project to you. We, we need you to give for this, you know. I, I don't see them doing that very often in the Bible. Once in a while, yeah. Most of the time, when there's talk of money in the Bible, they talk about seed time and harvest. Which means, the seed you sow, you're going to receive back in a harvest. God will find a way to get it back to you. That's not my, my idea of how it should work. But it is God's idea of how it should work. And I think if we would teach the people of God that more often, the people of God would give more than they have, more, more than they have been. And the people of God would have more than they have been having. Amen. I'm trying to get money to you. I want to be a part of a church that, that, that every other seat is a millionaire. Amen. And the other seats are billionaires. <laughs> Glory to God. Why not? Why not have a people... That when there's a need in the world, that they can call the river church and say, we understand y'all have plenty of money. Yeah, we do. What do you need? Well, we've had a devastating tsunami in Indonesia. How much do you need? And we can write the check. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that just be amazing? We've got a mission. We've got a mission we want to support around the, someplace off. A, a, an orphanage in Kenya. We're, we're trying to raise money Trying to raise money to build a new dormitory for our children. Stop trying. The check's coming. Why not? Why not get our faith out there and believe God, the God who created gold and silver. Believe Him. Get, get our faith out there big and believe Him for bigger things than we've ever had before. Huh? Praise God. That's why I love being a part of this church. Your elders and leadership are like that. They believe in God for bigger things. They see the church growing. They're sticking their necks out in faith just like Miss Ann does. Well, maybe not just like her, but she even scares me sometimes. <laughs> Amen. She's a little bit scary. The fruit of the tree is the Lord's. And Jesus hung there and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We're, we're going to go back to, to uh, Hebrews chapter 7, now, verse 9. And as I may so say, Levi also who receives tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, which came 400 years later, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there of another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek and not to be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, listen to this, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. 
For he of whom these things are spoken pertains to another tribe, which, which no man have gave attendance at the altar, meaning Judah. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of the carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. How powerful is an endless life? Let me tell you how powerful an endless life is. An endless life takes over everything in the world. If all you can do is scrape, scrape together a dollar in your life and invest it and just let it keep on growing. Just let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. Multiply, multiply. You remember that, that, that smart like math teacher in your, when you were in the seventh grade? She stood in front of the class. She said, children, today I'm going to hire all of you. It's a project we're doing. I'm going to hire all of you to work for me. And you have your choice of how you're going to be paid. Some of you, some of you, some of you will choose $1,000 a day I will pay you for the next month. Others of you, I'm going to give a penny the first day and double your wages every day after that for 30 days. I said, I want the $1,000 a day, ma'am. I couldn't, I couldn't see anything. I think that $30,000, that's more money than the president has. I, I didn't know how much it was, and there was a lot. Then she showed us what exponential growth means and compounding Figures means, and it came up to millions of dollars at the end of a, at, it started with a penny, and I don't know how many millions it was, somebody ought to run the numbers on me, on it for the calculator there, uh, Ian, huh? It's, it's amazing how much 30, 30 doubles is of a penny, like several million dollars. I said, wait a minute, I want to do over. I want the millions. <laughs> If you could live on and on and on with your money multiplying and growing and you never grew old, pretty soon your dollar would gobble up the earth's economy. Probably wouldn't even take 100 years, maybe 200 years. But pretty soon you're going to be in charge of everything and calling all the shots. Like John D. Rockefeller said, I don't care who's king as long as I got the money. <laughs> Doesn't matter who's king when you got the money. That's the power of an endless life. And Jesus is in charge, ladies and gentlemen. And he's not going to go away. He's never going to die again. And Islam is not going to take over the world. Your king is going to win this thing. Amen. The power of an endless life. Verse 17, he that, For he testifieth, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. How long is he a priest? Forever. forever. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect. Everybody say that. The law made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. And inasmuch as not without an oath he was made priest, for those priests were made without an oath. But this with an oath by him that said unto him, Thou the Lord swear and will not repent, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So much, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better covenant. Now, I want you to take your Bible quickly and turn to Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. We're going to start there. 
Malachi 3.10. And notice something really specific about the law of Moses and the tithe. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Notice that first the tithe, then the blessing. This is not New Testament theology. This is legal terminology. This is legal thought. This is not where the New Testament law of tithe comes from. This is the Old Testament law of the tithe. You tithe first, and then you get the windows open. Pardon me. I'm in a better covenant. The windows are already open to me. Glory to God. Look at Genesis 14. Genesis 14, 18. I'm going to draw the contrast here for you, but you've got to follow me. Genesis 14, verse 18. I'm going to show you the New Testament version of it. Y'all have already heard me teach you that the book of Genesis is not part of the law, so it's not part of the Old Covenant. Even though it's at the front of our book as part of the, new, uh, as part of the Old Testament, it's not part of the Old Covenant. It was before the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant is called the Law of Moses. Genesis and its laws did not pass away. Seed time and harvest is still working today, as long as the earth remains. That's, everybody understand me? That's why Paul's, most of Paul's doctrine comes out of Genesis. Okay? Verse, verse 18, Genesis 14, 18. And Melchizedek, the first, mentioned, first and only mention of Melchizedek in the Bible except for Psalm 110. King of Salem, wonder who this really is, brought forth bread and wine. Bread and wine? Bread and wine. <laughs> and he was the priest of the Most High God. What did this priest bring forth? Bread and wine. What, what, what is in the Lord's Supper? Verse 19. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram. Of the Mo you, you know what's in the, in the covenant meal in the Jews? With the Jews, you have to have a lamb or a chicken or something like that. Not here in this new covenant. In the book of Genesis, where you find the new covenant style of covenant making, Jesus didn't include the lamb. He is the lamb. Amen. So all you get in his meal is bread and wine, his body and his blood. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. If you look this up really closely in the, in the Hebrew language, he is not saying that God is the possessor of heaven and earth here. The subject is Abraham. Abram, I mean. It says Abram, possessor of heaven and earth. And then verse 20 talks about God as the subject. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hands. He gave, and he, Abraham, gave him Melchizedek tithes of all. That's when he tithed. In this first mention of Melchizedek, first mention of tithing, the first mention of tithing right here is, is first mentioned with Melchizedek. The same passage where the tithing is first mentioned. Melchizedek is first mentioned. That tells you something. That Jesus still receives tithes. Yep. It's always been a part of God's deal. 
in the law, before the law, through the law, and after the law. But, but it's different here. Did you notice Abraham didn't tithe and then get blessed? Did you notice that? Malachi, you got to tithe to be blessed. In the new covenant, in Abraham's covenant, you tithe because you are blessed. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. You tithe because you are blessed. You're blessed first. Amen. Bread and wine, meaning the blood and body of Jesus. The first thing I want to tell you about, first statement I want to make here, is that Jesus receives tithes today. The second truth I want you to understand is it funds the tithe. It funds and fuels the five-fold ministry. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I know I'm doing a lot of explaining today, but this is one of those subjects that needs explaining. And I will explain it to you as best I can. I will explain it to you, Lucy, if you'll let me. It funds and fuels the five-fold ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9. Is this New Testament? Is this Paul's doctrine? That's as New Testament as you can get. Here's, here, here it comes, a New Testament law of the tithe. For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. Does God really care for oxen? Or does he say this altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt that this was written, that he that plows should plow in hope. There's the fuel. This is what fuels those in ministry. Should plow in hope, and that he that threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. He's just trying to say, no farmer works without hoping for a return. And there's nothing wrong with a preacher expecting to be paid, apparently unless you're in the real religious world where they hate any mention of money around a preacher. I don't get that. I don't understand it. I don't understand why it's wrong for the preacher to talk about money. It's okay for Bill Gates to talk about money. It's okay for Donald Trump to talk about money. It's okay for every politician to talk about money. It's okay for everybody in the world to talk about money, but the preacher. Pardon me. I'm going to talk about it. Because my book is full of it. I can't help it. There it is. Again, I want, you, I want to get money to you. I believe if we get on these principles, because Ann and I have lived this, we quit tithing a long time ago. We just quit tithing. And we went to 20%. And then we quit 20%, we went to 25%. Then we quit 25%, we're right at about 30 now. Is that right? About 30% now that we give of our of our offering. We, we, we triple tithe. Amen. Amen. And I always have money in my pocket. I got two $100 bills in my pocket right now. Amen. Glory to God, man. <laughs> you want to see them, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm just telling you, it works. It works for us. It works for you. It works for anybody. It'll work for you if you just trust God, believe God. It fuels the ministry. 
I, I pastor pastors. I'm an apostolic director and leader for many, many pastors. Most of you know this. We have a conference that we have here twice a year. And pastors come in from all over. It's not, it's not a game that we play, not, not, not just semantics that I talk about. You've seen these people. They all are connected to us deeply. About 24 pastors and another 8 or 10 ministries and other forms of ministry. And uh, I know what breaks them up, what, what, what hurts them more than anything, is people who devalue what they do by withholding their money from them. That's heartbreaking to a preacher. We're not talking about rich people. We're not talking about guys that got much, they're not like Miss Ann, but they, uh, they. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're talking about people that just are kind of getting by. And they've had it happen over, I've seen it happen over and over to churches, that churches do this to to their preachers. And listen to me, this church does not do this to us. Not at all. All right, you understand me? I'm not, not talking about not doing anything for myself here today. I'm just telling you, the relationship between the pastor and the congregation is really important. That the pastor has, has this connection, this financial connection to, his, to her people. I'll say her people. Because uh, it ties, that's, that's one of the things I want to say. Uh, the third thing is it ties the minister to the church. It ties the ministry to the church. I'm not as tied to you all as Miss Ann is. I love you. Don't misunderstand. I'm not as tied because I have another job. I have responsibilities other places. I plan on staying here till I go to heaven. I'm not, not, not planning on going anywhere but to Durant, Oklahoma for the rest of my life. Yeah. Casey's believing for me to drop dead so he can take over one day, but... <laughs> I guess it's a test of faith. I guess, it's, I guess we'll see who has the most faith. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm blessed to know that you all understand this and that you are already on page with me. But trust me, it's not this way everywhere. Miss Ann is so tied to this church, I can't get her off the phone to talk to me and get me supper. <laughs> She's always walking around with a phone stuck to her ear, talking to one of you, praying for you, counseling you, crying and weeping with you. Thank I you. Said, she, she's, it's, it's all the time, and she loves her life. I don't love it all that much, but she loves it very much. Sometimes I need my beans, you know. She finds a way to be a good wife and a good pastor. And, uh, but she's tied to this church for more ways than the finances, but she's very tied to you guys. And that's what you want. You want somebody that's tied to you. And the funding helps do that. Verse 13. Do you not know that they which minister about the holy things, listen to this, I'm going to tell you how it says it here in the Bible. Those who minister about holy things, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 13, do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple 
and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Well, how did the priest, how did the priest do that? How did the priest partake of the things that came into the temple? How did that happen in the Old Covenant? That's what he's referring to. How did, it, how did that happen? It happened through the people tithing. It's all spelled out in the Old Covenant. They brought their tithes and their offerings into the storehouse and into the church house, into the temple, and the priests lived of that. And Paul, in his doctrine here, not, not ever using the word, I had a guy say, I googled it, and the word tithe isn't in there anywhere. I said, what's he talking about here? He stared at his Bible for about an hour, well, for about a minute, it seemed like an hour. He said, he's talking about the tithe, isn't he? I said, yeah, bozo, you, you googled tithe. Internet theologians. There's <laughs> just one way that guy partakes, that, that priest partakes, there's one way that priest partakes of, that, of the stuff in the temple is because people tithed and brought their offerings into the temple and they were able to partake of it. And listen to this. This is what this says here. Even so, these words are kai, uh, what's that Greek word? Huto. Kai huto. Everybody say it with me. Kai huto. It's two words meaning in the same way. In the same way. In the same way hath the Lord ordered or ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. How are we going to live of the gospel? Through the tithes of the people. The same way they did in the Old Covenant. The law of the New Testament tithing. The New Testament law of tithing is here. It has principal reasons. It has really important reasons. You know, we, we talk about tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. I want to tell you about this. The tithe doesn't really have a great attachment to seed time and harvest. It doesn't have a great attachment to that. You look through the scriptures, you don't really see the tithe with a promise of a harvest that much. I'm not saying you're not going to be blessed because you're already blessed. But really, the, the, the harvest was attached to free will offerings. Anybody here ever have to lease a piece of ground to sow some seed in it? Anybody ever do, do, lease some land, rent some land to, to, to sow a crop? Did you have to pay for the land? You have to pay a lease on the land? Before you sowed the seed? If you didn't have to pay, pay it before you sowed the seed, you sure had to pay it before you harvested it. The rent was one thing, the harvest was another. The sowing the seed was another thing. I want you to get this in your mind. I was raised on a farm in Love County. I was raised by a really good, tough man named James Monroe Holler. This sounds tough, doesn't it? Sounds like a bull rider's name because he was a bull rider when he was young. He... Uh, had a place, had a piece of our farm that was farming land. The rest of it was grass for cattle. And he normally he didn't like farming. He liked cattle, but he'd, he'd, he'd lease that, that 40 acres out to, for somebody to farm and share the hay and whatever they sold in there with them, the profits. Somebody to rent. I imagined that a guy sneaked in there one time and, and sold a bunch of seed in that, in that field without daddy knowing it. 
And I imagine time went by. My daddy went out there and saw that crop growing. He said, look here, look here. Somebody sold seed on my place. Hmm. Well, look at there. I guess I'm going to be blessed here. <laughs> then one day, he hears tractors and combines. And he goes down there, and they're headed down. And, and this, this, the guy that sold the seed is headed down there now with his, with his harvesting equipment to get his, to get his harvest. He's going to have a welcoming committee <laughs> at the gate yeah. with a couple of guns pointed at their faces. And James Monroe Hollow is going to be sitting there saying, who are you and what are you doing here? Well, that's my seed in that field. I planted all that seed. Yeah, we didn't have an agreement. What kind of agreement do you want? You didn't pay the rent. So you have no right to the seed even though it's yours. This is better than your shouting. <laughs> Sometimes I've talked to people through the years. They say, well, I, I gave and I gave and nothing happened. I said, do you tithe? Well, sometime. So sometimes you pay the rent on the property. And your harvest that you get is really slight. Because you're not, you don't have your life in order. You don't have, you're not working by the laws of the new covenant which tell you you pay the rent, you pay the rent on the property, and then you sow seed. I want you to see the tithe as your rental property, your rental. And the sowing of seed as all yours. It's all your harvest from then on. Now some of you here may not be tithing. And if you're not, there's no condemnation on you. Trust me. We're not going through the books going, well, that guy should have put more in. Nobody does that here. That's, we're not like that at all. Nobody's going to judge you if you never give another dime. I need you to hear me say that. But again, my heart is right in this. I could not stand here before God and talk to you about this if I, my, my heart wasn't right. My heart is right for you because I believe that if you will take the steps of faith to begin to believe God to get you the enough to, that you can at least start tithing, things are going to change for you. Amen. Things are going to change for you. Maybe not the first day, maybe not the second day, but things are going to change for you if you will get faithful in the tithe because that gives God an opportunity to get, get, get things to you that you, He can't get to you another way. This is not a law that you've got to obey to please God. This is a law that God has given you to work for your own good. Amen. Seed time and harvest it never goes away just as surely as the earth remains there shall never cease to be seed time now any of y'all heard me teach on these kind of things before huh very little maybe once i've been here i've been part of this church for over four years now nearly five years and this is the second time i've ever talked about tithing second time because I, I don't want you to feel like you're beat over the head. But when I decide, somebody said, uh-oh. <laughs> I said the second time, he said, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't want you to beat over the head, and I'm not apologizing for doing it. I'm telling you, it is a law of the new covenant, just like the law of faith, the law of the spirit, the law of righteousness, the law of the tithe. is a law. All these other laws are for you. This is a law that is for you. Kai 
hutos in the same way that in the same way that the priests were paid, the tithe is for the payment for the priest of this house. Amen. That's powerful. Can you bow your heads with me?